Cultural appropriation. It's such a buzzword nowadays. Cultural appropriation. Cultural appropriation. Cultural appropriation. Cultural appropriation. The idea of cultural appropriation is absolute nonsense. But for all that it permeates American culture, cultural appropriation evades a solid consensus. What is it really? How relevant is it? Is it even worth talking about? These are loaded questions to hit you with right off the bat. We should probably introduce ourselves first. I'm Charlotte. I'm Josh. And I'm Isabella, and we're part of China Care Club's Advocacy Committee. One weekend in December, we sat down with three college students. Hi, I'm Isabel, and I am a sophomore at WashU. I'm Elena, and I'm also a sophomore at WashU. I'm Anna, I'm a freshman at the University of Michigan. And asked them the very questions we just asked you. And while it certainly got confusing at points... Okay, you don't have any We're cutting that. We're not, not making it in the podcast. Elena, Anna, and Isabel clarified a lot of our questions about cultural appropriation as it relates to the lives of everyday college Asian Americans. Okay, but what is cultural appropriation? Cultural appropriation, I think there are many different ways to define it, but I think a general definition that I go by, it's when a group that has been historically in a superior position takes cultural elements of another group that has been historically in a inferior position and uses them with disregard to its cultural importance or without the negative consequences that they have imposed upon the quote-unquote inferior group when they embrace their own culture. I think that cultural appropriation is the exploitation of a culture that isn't one's own for sort of like personal benefits, like, I guess, for lack of a better word at the moment, like the clout of it. I agree with Isabel that there's definitely like the context of like the historical power balance in there, like who was the oppressed group and who was the oppressor. Uh, That determines, I think, whether or not it's like cultural appropriation or not, and like the severity of it. Oxford Reference defines cultural appropriation as a term used to describe the taking over of creative or artistic forms, themes, or practices by one cultural group from another. But reachout.com defines cultural appropriation happens when a dominant culture takes things from another culture that is experiencing oppression. With all these different definitions floating around, it can get tricky. I think it's along like the same lines as what you guys have said before, really just when like any other person, I guess, outside of a certain culture takes away and like either modifies it in like a not respectable way. I guess my question would be like, what do you define as respectable? Like, I guess there's this whole debate of like cultural appreciation versus cultural appropriation. I think that cultural appreciation does exist. You can like honor someone else's culture or whatnot, if that's your intention or like you're doing it either to like showcase it or something like that. And then appropriation would just be like, you are clearly not doing it out of respect for someone else's culture. You just don't care. And that's the crux of the matter. What is appreciation? What is appropriation? And where do we draw the line? I think it's really hard to draw that line in a very definitive way. I think you need to determine where that line lies on a case-by-case basis because there's always more nuance to the situation than you think there is. And I think sometimes cultural appreciation and appropriation can exist at the same time. Sometimes the intention wasn't negative, but the 
results of the situation can be negative and that's how it gets a little messy. Some people may create media or just anything that involves like cultural aspects of a culture that they are not members of. And I think they do it because they find the culture fascinating or they think it's really interesting and they like it a lot. So they want to incorporate it into their work. But sometimes they're unaware of whether or not it is appropriate for them to actually use it or not. And whether or not the other group in question, the one which their culture is being incorporated whether or not they would find it offensive or not. Yeah, I agree that it largely depends um, on like the individual situation at hand because, I mean, it's people's individual intents as well as the cultural context that just varies greatly like wherever you are. There was an example I thought of about like the difference between cultural appreciation versus appropriation, um, like from my own experiences in high school. So... Like I had the opportunity to take Mandarin 7th through 12th grade, which was great. Um, and a lot of other kids at my high school did so as well, which was awesome. But I was like one of three like Asian kids in the class. Most of the class was white, which is great. Like that's cultural exposure and whatnot. But most people finished their foreign language requirement by sophomore year, but a lot of people stayed in it. And like I had a lot of friends in the class at the time that like I heard them say things like oh I'm just doing it because it looks really good for college but like as a white person I would like have this on there it could have been like a good example of cultural appreciation like taking the opportunity to learn a language that is so different from your own um, and is just really unique and interesting but like a lot of the kids and I would say most of them were doing it as a resume thing rather than having a genuine interest in like learning about the culture and that's where I like I think it crossed the line into appropriation because you're like using like the clout of like this language to take it and not take into account like the cultural aspects and things like that. Like it was just disrespectful. If you have no respect for the uniqueness of a language and how that contributes to the corresponding culture, then I think it would be appropriation. They do not have a true respect for Chinese culture and the Chinese language. They just want to take advantage of its so-called like good status on a white person, like emphasize on a white person's application. Had it been on my application, I might have even been like looked down upon for not being fluent in Mandarin. And that's that's what makes the difference. One of the incidents we saw in American culture that best defines the cultural appropriation versus appreciation debate was the prom dress incident of 2018. In April of 2018, Kazai Dom, who is not Chinese, posted pictures of herself wearing a qi pao, a traditional Chinese dress, for her prom. Jeremy Lam then tweeted a post saying, My culture is not your prom dress, and accusing Dom of cultural appropriation. When I first heard of this incident, I was like weirdly offended, but I couldn't pinpoint why I was offended, but it didn't, it made me uncomfortable. I think upon deeper reflection, I think that has to do with this being rooted in the context of America. And the first people to respond really strongly to this were Asian Americans. It's well known that people from mainland China did not have the same like offensive reaction that Asian Americans did. And I think that's because to 
the mainland Chinese, it, it, it really is just a piece of clothing. First off, if this is cultural appropriation and this is how big of a deal it was, then we clearly are not doing our job. It's so weird that we are owning this dress and kind of gatekeeping it from other people from wearing it. If you want to do it tastefully and if you mean it out of goodwill, like why why not? We like the whole point of culture and sharing culture stuff is appreciating each other's and like learning more about each but other's. For like Asian I, Americans, it holds deeper value, especially in my personal life. Um, to, April 2018, I was a junior in high school and seeing everybody's prom dresses made me think maybe I want to wear a chipal for senior prom because like growing up, I wanted to love what the chipal was. I wanted to be able to wear it to Chinese New Year, but I was never truly comfortable wearing it. It always made me more self-conscious than it made me proud of my culture and that was because like for many reasons I didn't want white people to think I was weird I didn't want to stand out so much I didn't want to attract unnecessary comments by wearing a chipa a lot of Asian Americans haven't experienced all those like microaggressions and all those like side comments that we try to ignore think like I don't want to go through the fuss of putting on traditional clothing and then I don't want to look like a try hard in front of like my other Asian peers for wearing what my mom told me to wear and I don't want to like look like I'm like doing whatever something weird even though it shouldn't have been weird so then when I saw this her wearing a prom dress I was just like a lot of thoughts went through my head like was like my anxieties about wearing a cheap haul like all for like nothing was it like invalid like where does that put me and my experiences I came to the conclusion that she had sincere appreciation for the dress she said she like found at some vintage store like she kind of just found it thought it was beautiful and decided to wear it but i don't think she understood that in the context of america and asian americans you still haven't made it a safe place for us to wear the cheap without feeling like we're going to get bad comments without thinking we're going to be like excluded or like made feel bad about ourselves so then because that's why Asian Americans are so offended. Because to us, the chipot isn't just a piece of clothing. It's something really, really tangible. That's a part of the culture that we feel like we're losing every day. I feel like that's a good point. I, I actually feel like that brought up a lot of good points. Because in China, obviously, no one there cared. Like, truly no one there cared. I do relate to that. Like, for me, wanting to go back to China really bad now is so much bigger than when I was little. Because when I was little, I wanted not to lose it but like oh i'm american i'm american but like as you get older you're like i'm chinese american you really want to kind of like you don't want to forget that I, yeah i understand what you mean by like it is weird that like you're allowed to wear it but i can't wear it without having this whole drama come along with it yeah i agree with both of you guys i think that there's so much pressure to assimilate as like a non-white person or like somebody who doesn't come from like traditional American culture, whatever that means that, yeah, even if she was like genuinely sincere and like that she just thought it was pretty and she wanted to show her appreciation, which I, I, I do think she was sincere, but that, yeah, Isabel, I agree with you that she missed the point that like it would be perceived as weird by for like somebody who is like Chinese to like wear that because it was it would sort of be like an outright display against like trying to assimilate which is something like um which is a much more aggressive statement for like 
like one of us to wear that to prom than it is for her. Like for her, it's sort of like a novel thing that she's, you know, doing something sort of like culturally cool. But wearing that in this country as like as a as a Chinese person, it's not safe. It doesn't feel safe or comfortable to do that. The conversation then shifted to the public response to the incident. Did people overreact? Should we have focused this much on a prom dress? I think back in 2018, it was kind of like a spark for the current conversation that revolves around cultural appropriation. Even if in the grand scheme of things, it was a small thing, um, it certainly did play an important role in many people being able to have the conversations that they're currently having, including us. This is this is sort of what I was going to say before, was that like I feel as if all these conversations about like cultural appropriation and like how seriously should we be taking this? Like, I feel like those have sort of like entered the chat fairly recently and in the larger scheme of conversations about race relations, I could be wrong, but yeah, like it's, it's obviously not the most severe thing because in most cases, if not all, like it's, it's not an act of violence. And obviously that's like, that's the worst form of racism, but I think that cultural appropriation and like the conversation it sparked like this one potentially opens the conversation up for like, you know, non-Asian people or for white people to demonstrate that, you know, racism isn't just saying racial slurs or things like that. It's it's things like this, like being disrespectful of the culture in this way or appropriating it, that like racism takes all of these different shapes and forms that are like different maybe than the general expectation of them. It's something that shouldn't be ignored in the conversation, but that there's like other things that maybe should take up like the focal point. I feel like people are so like they they want to be so PC, I guess, and they'll just like attack without actually knowing any background or anything. And like I feel like that's really dangerous because like actual appropriation or things like that, I don't want to say like it's like it's like plays them down more because like you have these stupid instances of like, okay, well, that's clearly like so out of right field. Um, we don't have to regard anything else they say or something like that. This is an article of clothing. It I don't want to say it doesn't like belong to any group. Obviously it does, but like at the end of the day, it's like, can I not wear something Americanized? Here comes one of the most pervasive questions. If white people can't wear cheap halls, that's my mom, by the way. When I told Isabel about what my mom said. I disagree 100% with what your mom said. I'm sorry. You are Asian American. You are American. You can wear blue jeans. Jean manufacturers want other people to wear jeans a lot so they get more money. It's not as if like the Chinese people like infiltrated like the American economy and stole jeans. Like, no, we wanted to sell it to them. We want them to wear it. We want more money. <laughs> There's been lots of campaigns in which the U.S. has deliberately tried to spread American culture. It was sort of a like a, a cultural colonialism, sort of like the normalization and putting like anything that represented American culture, like blue jeans, on a pedestal. Sort of like, oh, this is the ideal. This is the status that you want to achieve. And I think that that's why like something like blue jeans are so widespread and in popularity across the world now and that like where maybe they originated in the u.s but i don't even know that that is something that like 
uniquely defines them anymore. Blue denim was it was part of the campaign to spread American culture and like as this thing that holds like high status across the world. Whereas like there's nothing comparable with like a, a chipao. Elena brings up a good point. During World War II, Asia was first exposed to jeans when American soldiers would wear them off duty. Jeans were seen as quintessentially American as companies sold not just jeans, but also an idea of individualism, youth, new ideas, and rebellion. American cultural imperialism plays a big role in this case. Cultural imperialism is defined as the practice of imposing one's cultural products and values onto other societies, whether they want it or not, destroying native cultures in the process. Not only did this occur with clothing, such as the jeans example, but also with the film and music industries. Overall, the ideas of wealth and power became inherently American, leading to a cycle of Asians wanting to buy into that lifestyle and Americans actively encouraging them in order to increase their business. So, in a lot of ways, blue jeans and the chipao just aren't comparable. They come from two different contexts, two different cultures. But I guess that's part of what makes the issues of chipao's in America so complicated. We have nothing to compare it to. It's up to Asian Americans like us to figure out where we stand. As we neared the end of our discussion, we all reflected on the conversation we had just had. I don't think that there's anything definitive um, about the conversation or conversations around cultural appropriation at this point, um, because I think it's like a fairly new thing in the discourse and something that conversations like these will help with. When we talk about such nuanced things, all like the different information that you can get um, can make you really confused. It can be overwhelming. But this conversation brought me a lot of clarity. Um, and I also felt that simply preparing for this allowed me to learn more. I too learned a lot from the conversations we've had. Elena, Anna, and Isabel really dug into the nuances of cultural appropriation that make it a particularly fraught topic, and did so in lively and friendly conversation. So I just had a great time like talking about this with Anna and Isabel, and I was going to say narrator, but you are, what are you doing, Isabella? You are moderating. Badly. <laughs> no, you're doing, a, you're doing a good job. It's, I think it's a really interesting conversation around like cultural appropriation. I felt like we all got a lot closer that day. I feel like we need like a team chant now or something. Like like a go-go Power Rangers moment. No, nobody is enthusiastic about that. Okay. But not close enough for a team chant, apparently. 